Welcome to the C2C Podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. I'm excited to have our next guest, Gina Bianchini. Gina is the CEO and co-founder of Mighty Networks, a tool that helps people grow their niche, brand, or business all in one platform. They've raised $16 million in funding and are based in Palo Alto, California. In 2005, Gina co-founded Ning with Mark Andreessen. Ning made it easy for people to create a custom social network for the brand or community. Take a listen. Gina, describe to us what Mighty Networks is and what problem it solves. Great. Yeah. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me. Mighty Networks is a software as a service platform, and we help creators, entrepreneurs, brands, and businesses bring their people together and be able to offer a community, content, online courses, and subscription commerce all in one place, all under your brand. How did the idea start? Where did it come from? Yeah, I mean, I've been working in this whole area of sort of interest-based or niche niche communities, which, you know, to me, niche doesn't mean small. It means specific and narrow and focused, but really interest communities, if you, if you want to call it that, too, since 2004. So, like, I have been doing this a while, and I stumbled into it kind of in the early days of social, and the, the area that I just absolutely fell in love with was how do people come together around their interests, their passions, their goals, their curiosity, and the magic that can happen when you have a creator put together what ultimately becomes their own special world that they're creating together with their members. Uh, and when you do that away from the noise and clutter and sort of this notion of like there's a single platform to rule them all or a single feed to rule them all, the relationships are deeper. The focus is incredible. The way people learn from each other and the relationships that they build is just, they're magical. Um, there really isn't a better way of saying it other than it's magical. And when I saw it start to work that, you know, I felt like I just sort of stumbled on this magic world. Uh, and when I saw it start to work, I knew pretty much right away that this was in some way, shape or form, this would be the area that I would uh, work on for the rest of my career. What's What's interesting about Mighty Networks too, to me, is that the fact that you're probably in a lot of instances providing creators one of the first outlets they've ever had to even monetize their passion project or to just make it a full-time job or to really dig into it, turn it into a business probably in many, many instances. Is that happening? Is it, are you getting established people coming that are, that are like, Oh, I've, we've used all sorts of other tools. This tool is just better. Are you, are you getting people that are getting community started in the beginning? Like who, who is your, who are your customers? All of the above. So we have a whole range of people who are using Mighty Networks. What I would say is, you know, on our on our on the high end and the larger Mighty Networks that exist, you know, we're seeing some really interesting results. You know, we we've had uh, we have one network that 
doubled in size to 90,000 members in one month on Mighty Pro, which is our, you know, which is our branded fancy version of Mighty Networks. We've had people that have been able to raise prices to a four-figure annual membership. We've had people, you know, launch entirely new revenue streams in the six and seven figures around online courses when they are built in the context of a community as opposed to separated out between, you know, a, an online course platform and call it a Facebook group. We've seen folks be able to uh, run sponsorship increases in new partnerships where, you know, their sponsorship double, you know, their sponsorship dollars um, are up by like 30%. Um, so there's some really concrete results that a mighty network generates for people. And what we uh, have, you know, just launched is the ability for people to charge for individual courses or individual groups or bundles of groups and courses within a mighty network. And I think we're going to start to see because of that, just a whole new generation of mighty networks that are generating revenue for their creators, for their hosts, as we call, you know, people who, who start and, and run Mighty Networks. And, you know, our, our mission, our promise is that, you know, we want to build software that, you know, is so amazing that, you know, people are getting value from it such that they'll pay for it. And that, that, you know, our proprietary methodology, if you will, but really what we've, what we've come to learn you know, going back 15 years around what we think about and call community design gives people the ability to use the software and, and layer on a strategy and a really simple proven approach to designing a community that we, we think about is, is so good and so easy that it essentially runs itself. And, you know, the whole I, I think, you know, and, and perhaps this is my this is my contrarian point of view that I that I have that not a lot of people share. I don't think community building should be hard. I don't think it is hard when you make some really good, simple decisions up front. And I think this whole notion of, oh, it's a grind or it's so hard or it's so much work has, you know, everything to do at times with the wrong strategy and also, you know, using software that is fundamentally designed to create competition with other, you know, other topics, other people, other, yeah. you know, more and more engaging things that, you know, might mean that you're getting more and more agitated instead of, you know, finding, finding meaningful relationships. Yeah. When, and I, we have a lot of uh, community builders that listen to this podcast. So I'd love mm -hmm. to just dig into some of those sort of fundamental principles that you've learned. And I think the, the first I'd like to talk to you about is the fact there's just huge fatigue in social media. And as a community builder, how do I combat that and build a community that people care about uh, in, in, in ways that, you know, doesn't just feel like I'm recreating Facebook or I'm recreating Instagram or something with my own brand. Yeah. I fundamentally believe that community building and social media are two completely polar opposite experiences. I think, you know, the best communities and the communities that thrive are ones that have brought people together to master something interesting. And when you think about the best games that are out there, you think about the best communities out there, when you think about the, the places that we as humans want to spend our time, it tends to be with other people who want to go and master something interesting together. So the challenges get greater. You know, the purpose of it is 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 great. And that together we are building our skills towards 
that big purpose, as, as we like to think about it or call it. So, you know, one of the things I think is so funny is like the fact that we culturally think about and talk about people who play video games as lazy. And when you actually think like they're the laziest people, like they just sit on the couch and play video games. And when you think about what a video game is, it's mastering something interesting together. Mm. It is it is going into a world and taking on challenges and together as a team of people mastering those those challenges with with ever increasing skills and ever increasing levels. Community building, in my opinion, and the best communities do the same thing. They you know, they put out a big purpose. They have the call, you know, the call to adventure and that they create together a world that, you know, has a long term perspective that is about mastering something interesting together that then builds that mastery through monthly themes, a weekly calendar that's pretty consistent because that's how people build a habit and daily actions that uh, like solicit and bring out the stories and experiences and ideas of members, not not advice. Yeah. And it's pretty simple. What what metrics do you think community builders should track? Like what what metrics from your perspective matter to get to gauge sort of how if something is successful or not? not yeah, you know. I mean, here's the thing. Like I actually think that without a big purpose, you know, without a promise of like what are we here? Like what's the quest that we are going on together? You know, I, I and in fact, actually, I would argue that that the fundamental issue with Facebook is the fact that they have metrics without meaning. You know, like they, they've re, they've removed the, the big purpose, the thing we're going to master together and instead just focus on does does it drive likes? Does it drive comments? And what is that getting us? That's getting us polarization. That's getting us um, sort of the the more energy that you have around something and negative energy is just like positive energy you know the more people we're going to try to bring into this and that's pulling us apart it's not bringing us together so what i would say uh the metrics that i'm looking at are the ones that actually support the idea that we are mastering something interesting together so that would be you know the ability to put out a poll or a question and have people respond to it with with not just answers, but but comments, um, the the number of members that sort of the breadth of members who are contributing to that community that's mastering something interesting together, the um, the ability to look at uh, are people are people consuming the stories? Are they participating in live events online or in the real world? Uh, and ultimately, are they messaging each other and are they messaging each other after doing those things? So from my perspective, it's all about, you know, metrics that look at um, are people building real relationships with each other or, you know, is their contribution because it's whizzing? You know, are, are we counting a view as 1.3 seconds while it's whizzing by? right next to your, you know, conspiracy theories and eighth grade graduations. And so, you know, when you take when you take community building, and I think what you guys are doing at, at Bevy does the same thing, which is you take it out of, you know, this idea that we're all just like one feed and instead say we're actually different people in different contexts. 
And the context of a community that is thriving and that essentially runs itself is one that has a purpose and has a, a quest that we are going on together. How do you see mobile versus web community experiences? I know you all do a lot on mobile, but I, I just wonder, like, yeah. can I be successful on web and on mobile, uh, either or, yeah, so we, one or the other? Well, the, the data is pretty clear on this. So um, we... A mighty network is on web, iOS, and Android. Uh, and you know, again, in our in our, our our fancy version, you actually get your own Android and iOS app, and that makes a dramatic difference in terms of having your own apps. Like the the whole thing works really well. When do you, people want when another app? Do they want to download another app? Um, are we swearing on this podcast, or is it more like it's more G? It's more uh, like a PG, so. PG thirteen kind yeah, of podcast. Yeah, I would say F. Yeah. Okay. Um, they Perfect. are they are desperate for them. People are desperate are, for apps. Yes, when they are tied to a big purpose and mastering something interesting together, and when you are able to have a, a weekly cadence, you will be able to to create a habit for people. Now, if what you're going to do is put out a shitty app that's static and boring and like is about consuming content. No, they're not going to do it. They don't want another app, but if it's a rich magical world that is about how they go deeper into their interests, their passion, their goal, and very naturally and normally meet other people that share that same passion and are on this same journey together, then they absolutely want to use mobile. So let me give you some stats. So in terms of where people join Mighty Networks, it's it tends to be mobile web. Uh, the but but web desktop web as well. Uh, the rank order of our activity, which right now is growing 20, 30 percent a month, um, is over 50 percent iOS. So if people and then it goes about 30 percent desktop. Uh, about 12, no, 16% Android and the rest is mobile web. So if you think that a mobile web experience is a community experience, you are sadly mistaken, unfortunately. Uh, so either you need to have a native mobile app or you need to have a desktop only experience, which is really hard to do when people are discovering things in many cases on the mobile web. So, um, that's what the data says. That's not my opinion about it. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear that this notion that people don't want another app has more to do with the fact that they don't want another shitty app. So in 2005, you co-founded Ning with Mark Andreessen, and you helped mm -hmm. people create sort of customer social networks uh, or communities, uh, probably put, put in a better way. And I'm curious to see, to, to hear how has... Have you seen the community industry evolve in the last 10 or 15 years? Like, like how different is it? How similar is it? And then where is it going? Yeah. So I don't think about it as an industry um, because I, I don't know that it is. Here's what I would say. So when we started Ning, you know, there was a ton of energy around you know, people had just created their MySpace pages and they were stoked, you know, they were customizing them and adding so much bling and like gifts that were ringtones, sparkles and ring. To I mean, it was like awesome. And um, 
And that was really, you know, we saw so many people from, from uh, MySpace come over to Ning because they were like, oh, now I actually get a whole social network I get to, I get to create. I get to choose my features. And I chose all the features. Uh, I get to like embed things in and drag and drop and like make it, make it really, really awesome. Um, fast forward to today, here's some, some amazing stats from my perspective. There are 364 million people that are creators that have potential to have their own owned and operated, you know, community powered business. And so there are 22 million people today who have over a million followers on Instagram. There are 147 million people who have over 10,000 followers on Instagram. And I can tell you some of the most interesting communities where people are making, you know, five, six figures. They don't even have 10,000 followers on Instagram. They're, they're doing some really interesting things with their email list and, and other things like that. There are 68 million people who have Facebook groups with over 20,000 members in them. There are 5 million WordPress sites that have sort of some level of subscription or, or donation uh, turned on. So when you just start to add these different things up, the big difference from 2005 is just the sheer volume of people who have identified an interest, found their niche, told their story, followed their curiosity, built enough of an audience that today they can actually pull together people in a community with their own content, with their own messaging, their own profiles, their own courses, their own, you know, their own world that they can now charge for and charge for pieces of it, charge for the whole thing, run events, run courses, run masterminds. And, you know, if I look back to 2005, you know, people were just amateurs. They were just excited. They were just like, hey, this is like the first time we get to go talk to other teachers who are like teaching English around the country. Like that's never been possible before. I could talk to like my school or my district, but I can't talk to somebody who's in Clearwater, Florida or somebody else who's in, you know, Trenton, New Jersey. This is awesome. And that is to me just the magic of where we're sitting right now, which is, where in the past it was, let's follow our curiosity and just like enjoy the novelty of the fact that we can connect people for the first time to now it's like, well, wait a second, there's a business model here. And why is there a business model here? Because people are, have never been lonelier. They want to spend their money on experiences, not things. And they recognize and appreciate the fact that they get to learn anything today. And it's just more learning it's so much more fun learning from people who are interesting than people who are static and boring. And so when you look at where things are going, I believe we're going to, in the same way we've now seen the professionalization of creators, I think we're now going to see the professionalization of these digital services, selling experiences, access to relationships, and who you're able to curate is going to become something that you can you can make a lot of money doing. It's not going to just be about your content. It's not going to just be about like, oh, I like have an Instagram story or I can just teach something. It's that I can teach something that attracts people who want to meet each other. And 
I think today that that's been in the events world or the meetups world. And I think this is increasingly going to become, we, we call it and think about it, not just as events, but like experiential commerce, which is the combination of being able to charge for curated relationships, curated expertise, and curated experiences online and in the real world. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. Again, that's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.